Hello and welcome to Extra Voices, the Extra Life podcast focusing on the efforts of extra lifers around the nation and the staff of the Children's Miracle Network that work to change kids' health. As I mentioned last week, I am getting back into the podcast groove slowly by releasing audio from my 2022 Game Day Marathon. These interview segments give a great insight into why I extra life, but also gives a good taste of the rather unique content that I bring to the table. This week's episode definitely falls into the latter. It's hard to explain what you're about to listen to, but those for those that aren't familiar with my previous podcasting work at Her Little Sons, I will try. During the Notre Dame football season, we had a tradition during the bye week of having a completely off-the-wall and off-topic podcast that started by complete accident. One year, I invited two of my friends, Jack, who now works at CBS Sports, and fellow ND alumnus Eddie, to chat about football during the bye week. Jack showed up. Eddie didn't. Well, at first. As Jack and I were wrapping up what was probably what you'd call a normal football podcast, Eddie stumbled in an hour after we hit record in a condition that is probably best described as not even remotely sober. I kept the audio rolling and the resulting audio insanity was so popular with the audience that we decided to just do it again the next year and not even pretend to care that we were doing a normal football podcast. So thus, the HLS Bi-Week podcast was born. Considering that I decided to play through the entire Notre Dame football season during my game day stream, I figured it was a great time to try to bring the Bi-Week podcast back. And in the interest of trying to keep this feed family-friendly, I have done my level best to censor this episode. Uh, Apologies in advance if I miss something in this near two hours of audio, but quite frankly, this is one heck of a look at how willing I am to fuel content and these days donations through probably too much booze and, above all else, create things that will simply make people smile and laugh. After all, the heart of Extra Life is doing what you love for a great cause, and this absolutely fits the bill. With all that being said, enjoy Jack, Eddie, and I doing, well, whatever it is you would call this. We met in room 710, and we made a pact. We made a final four agreement that whatever happens, that no matter how bad things we get, in the end, there was an option to always have each other. We were friends and for a brief moment, we were rivals. But even after the bloodshed, we knew we'd come back together. It's a story about friendship. This is a story about family. It's a story about love. This is the Golden Elite.
Well, hello, and do not adjust your streaming device. Yes, I have brought some old friends to join us, thanks to the miracle of podcast time travel. I have some old friends that you haven't heard from in a while. I have Jack. I have Eddie. If we got a bye week in the game, we got a bye week kind of sort of pod type thing here. So, gents, how are you doing? Good, man. How you living? Oh, it's it's been something else. How are you doing, Jack? Very good, brother. Yourself? Uh, I think so. so just a, a little time time stamp. Uh, I, we're recording this the week before Thanksgiving, literally the week before. It's Thursday night. I have been working on my house all week. I am exhausted. I am tired. I am in a claustrophobic office right now. <laughs> I got a Christmas tree to my right. I got plastic behind me, and I got sore muscles all over. But other than that, I'm doing great and happy that I get to take a little bit of time off to talk to you fine gentlemen as also in the timestamp of the day because who knows if Twitter will be around when this actually airs because right now it's on fire it's going down like the Titanic right now amazing like Elon Musk is a huge piece of shit but I'll give him credit for this the last two weeks on Twitter have been hilarious yeah, it, ha- it has been funny. Now, it sucks if your career's tied to it, but for those of us that aren't, yeah, it's 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 a fun fire. How how are things going in CBS World with all of this? Because I can imagine that's that's causing a little bit of upheaval of of trying to figure out what the hell you're all doing. Not really, actually, because I've seen a lot of people, even some people from ESPN, point this out. Here's a here's like a little known secret, like. As far as traffic to our websites, Twitter does nothing. Mm, nothing. That's surprising. Oh, it, oh, like people don't. Here's the thing: the difference between like Twitter and Facebook is insane. In that, when you post something on Facebook, people click. Hmm. When you post something on Twitter, people don't click, but they'll quote tweet and throw their two cents in and shit like that. They don't click the links. People never click and find. But if, like Facebook and stuff like that, they'll click all the way. Like they click on anything. Like Twitter, no. Like our traffic, and that's that's across like all sports. Yeah, they, I know. I always thought that was an HLS thing for us. Like, yeah, Twitter oh. had very low conversion rates. Oh no, 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 no. no that's it. And Ryan, that was too like it fan sided. That was a thing. And then I thought when I got to CBS that I would see a difference. No, it's actually worse. Like, people don't click. They, they don't click on Twitter links. Man, that's wild. No. I guess I've been no. off Facebook for so long that it's very surprising because I just don't remember there being that many links. Oh, that was all links. Like, yeah, it's it, harder to find stuff yeah. from friends now. And, yeah, and no. I, I know the algorithm, uh, even like, it's it's really funny because so I try really hard now with the charity stuff to post more videos and clips of my streams. And then all of a sudden, I'll get, like, engagement from people that I haven't heard from in a while or, uh, like, Facebook-wise. Like, oh, wow. And now I pop up in their feed. So Facebook's got some weird stuff with the links and videos. And whenever we had a post that took off, like, Facebook was a gigantic traffic driver. But I just thought that was a weird blog-type anomaly. So maybe we weren't that far off. No, Facebook is huge for huge. That damn Facebook can never get away from him. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Twitter, people don't click on Twitter because, again, like they just like to shout in the void in their quote tweets. Like they they see the caption and then just want to give their own two cents. Right. Yeah, and 
you know, that's it's. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. It's it's the dunk tweeting, or or even better, you don't even give the engagement. You take a screenshot of the bulls you saw, <laughs> so you don't give the engagement. That's that's the get, best play. <laughs> you don't get the satisfaction. I just screenshot you. <laughs> Although the problem oh. with that is, then people who have well cultivated their blocks and mutes, like your boy, still end up seeing in the timeline because of that. The screenshot you can't do anything yeah. about. Look, like, it may not I'm, be a problem in a few days. <laughs> I, yeah, no kidding. I'm going to have a whole lot of free time open up, apparently. I know. That's why I, I told my wife, because she's she's no fan of, of the, the old Twitter addiction. Like, Ryan, put your phone down. Nothing's important. I'm like, I'm just scrolling through stuff, see if there's news or whatever. And I told her, it's like, oh, Twitter may be like breaking. It's like, oh, oh good. Will you finally look, put your phone down? <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I, I'll be sad when Twitter goes away. I mean, Number I, I one, too. like you two are legit two of my best friends in the whole world. Oh, my man. Really are. And if it wasn't for that app, I would never have met you guys. And mm-hmm. like that, that's the God's honest truth. And then, yeah, like you said, every night before, literally every night before I go to sleep, I will sit there and just scroll and not just, but like look news, anything that's going on. And if this place just vanishes, like, I don't know. It, it helps replace Google Reader for me because I was I was an avid user of Google Reader, and once Twitter came out and and Google Reader finally you know died off, uh, even because I've I've used a few different reader type RSS feed apps, but I never would use it heavily because yeah I did the same thing like and that's my morning newspaper like when I'm scrolling at the breakfast table I'm just looking for headlines I'm not yeah. looking to engage people at all it's just like oh what happened while I was asleep and that could be you know a whole hell of a lot these days uh but man yeah it would be weird i like the sports bar type atmosphere that goes away because especially like when, when you got little kids running around it's nice to know that you got some foul mouth fellow heathens that are <laughs> that are just as angry as you are it's gonna be weird if all that just you know goes into the void man yeah like i, I, I will miss the just all of a sudden 10 tweets of fat guy touchdown because some inexplicable yeah. play just happened in a game that i may or may not be watching and i know to flip over but it has like i've made so many friends off twitter and Same. it sucks that it's gonna go away uh that it may be going away i don't know i i this this has a very y2k feel of i don't think it's people thinking go everything's gonna explode but i th- i think it'll limp along although the world cup starting on sunday is gonna fuck it up real bad that's gonna be funny <laughs> I like forgot it. that it was Sunday that it starts. Yeah, that's uh, that's not going to work well when nobody is uh, running the ship there uh, at all. Yeah, but it's I mean, all the engineers quit. <laughs> like, like, okay, seriously, it's like you've been working remote for a while. Now we're going to go hardcore. Either click yes on this Google Doc or you're fired. <laughs> like, cool. See you later. Three months severance sounds great. I think the only people that stayed are people who are on work visas and yes. didn't want to have to leave the country. There, there's probably like a couple people like that are like we're on the fence thinking about it that weren't on a work visa, and then it became very apparent that it was time to jump off the sinking ship. But yeah, people with work visas are the ones screwed the most, without a doubt. That sucks. Yeah, but you know, where else am I going to get the Los Angeles Chargers account making an insane 15 year callback tweet? <laughs> BF Janks, so good. Who, whoever popped that one off. I, I tipped the cap. That was very good. 
Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you know, the things are dire when even drill is tweeting out his link tree to keep up <laughs> stuff outside. Did he really? Did he, really? <laughs> he did. <laughs> he I mean, apparently dr- has an Instagram account. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I can't even imagine what would be on that. Drill is by far the undisputed MVP of Twitter, right? Oh yeah. Easily. Like I don't, I, I can't think of anybody that has put out that many bangers over such a long time. Yeah, it's 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 impressive what he's been able to pull out, and, and the fact that when something happens, like everybody goes back into the archives, and it's there's always a drill tweet, always of being able to find one, pull it out. Back when we we had a big temper tantrum throwing baby in the president it was always he would do something and they'd find a drill tweet to match <laughs> the yeah. headline that he caused I, I don't know where i don't know where the drill repository was that people were able to pull those so fast but people always had one it was it was a good bit yeah there, there's some people that have curated their bookmarks or whatever they they use the app in a a, a very very smart way not that i have i, I just mostly have it up and it's it's been uh, I've been making more use of the the mutant block features as of late, but <laughs> that's, oh man, but yeah, it's it's been wild to see that because yeah, we wouldn't really have have known each other, you know, uh, even from a podcast perspective. I mean, back when I did HLS stuff, that's how I reached out to Jack. It's like, hey, would you like to hop on and do this weird college football thing? And Jack did it, and all of a sudden, you know, Eddie stumbles in drunk during one bi week podcast while Jack's <laughs> on. So good. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> and even the the best part was was Jack. I think it was like three or four weeks ago. Shoots Eddie and I a text. He's like, "Guys, I just realized Notre Dame had their buy already. What the hell? Why didn't we have a podcast?" <laughs> R.I.P. He, he forgot I blew it up. But hey, I got a good excuse. Charity is always a good reason to bring it back. And I found a good little theme and bit to bring it back in there. Uh, but yeah, so the the other thing I wanted to talk about is uh, we got to talk about the pro wrestling. Because I haven't been able to keep up with everything that Jack does on that end with the podcast and everything else. But I, I see I, the tweets every now and then. Yeah, every every now and then, I since since P was born, I, I don't I, I watch Dynamite like AEW is first priority. Um, when Triple H took over, when all the Vince McMahon stuff happened, and Triple H took over WWE, I watched Raw for like three, four weeks, maybe tops. But even then, like Mondays, and I was like, all right, I got to cut my time. And like AEW, like I said, was first priority. But no, it's really interesting in the wrestling world now. Yeah, so WWE's uh, doing good. It, like it's it like it Triple is. H is doing a good job. Like he, like everyone expected, but uh, I just haven't had too much time to pay attention to it. It's it's a big time commitment to keep up with everything in the E. Whereas AEW is is much tighter run as far well, <laughs> well as far well, as, as the run well, sheet goes. I was, well, yeah, well, I was gonna say yeah. No, AEW's had um. Go this, no, this CM Punk they, was hilarious. I'm they had sorry. To rip off that the was CM incredible. Punk the the was, funniest thing that I saw with that, I don't know if any of y'all follow uh, Denise Salcedo, uh, but she she put together a clip of him at All Out like a year ago where he's just glowing about yeah. how happy he is. Yeah, no, 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 children. <laughs> and then fast forward a year about all the fucking babies he's working with but, and EVPs that couldn't manage a fucking 
Atari game while Tony Conscious over there like, oh, the, fuck, this is bad. <laughs> the fact of the matter is this. AEW started, and like we, we said, it was, it was the perfect time because Vince McMahon was this senile old man who was not going to change anything he did. And we all figured that man is going to be in that chair until he dies. So I don't think Tony Khan envisioned that three years in, Vince was going to be gone, gone. Right. He was going to be kicked the fuck out. And then he finally went eight. one step too far. <laughs> like, like, God, like, like that was no, no one saw that was how the Vince era was going to end. And then Triple I H mean, gets to take a, over. A hilarious conspiracy did feel, or a, a hilarious, uh, not conspiracy, but just conundrum did feel like a pretty safe option to have. Not, not broken by like the wall street journal though no not, sure sure, not sure, sure. That. no not I didn't, have, I didn't have that on the bingo card of them unearthing stuff like there's of all the things it, it felt very it, it was almost capone and taxes like of all the things he could have gone down for like it, it was almost shocking that it was older sexual harassment stuff like that finally did him in and and then putting some of the pieces together of who it probably was, which doesn't need to be discussed, but you're just like, holy crap, like, how long was this old dirtbag doing this shit? and how long was he getting away with it, and how long did he still try when they were doing the whole divas to women's wrestling transition and empowering women and... Well, and she had kind of standing by and like, sure, we're we're letting all this weird shit happen. Well, and Ugh. you had the whole Me Too movement happen throughout entertainment, and then there was and a he dodged it, and he dodged that, and then wrestling yep. had its own like a year later, and he dodged that one too, and then what two three years later gets popped for it. It's just hilarious. He, he gets popped for it, and then like again from the like AEW was like riding high, like they could do no wrong. And then this happens, and Tony has all these signings, Andrade, uh, Alistair Black, Miro, all these guys. And then some of these guys go, well, no, I, th- I think I want to go back. I think I want to go back there. Yeah, the and, good news is, is now he's brought the calming wrestling acumen of Jeff Jarrett to the house, so everything's oh going to be fine. God. Oh, I fucking love that. I, I, I didn't see... I didn't see how he got introduced or whatever it was. Uh, I just think it's hilarious that if there is a wrestling promotion, this man's going to draw a paycheck from you. Look, you're oh, yeah. on TV. You're paying. I don't. Jeff I don't somehow. mind. I don't mind Tony Khan hiring Jeff Jarrett as someone to bounce off of. Like he debuted that, which is this is the weird thing about AEW because like they try to be transparent with the audience and like like Jeff debuts that night as a heel. And he f- smashes Darby over the head with a guitar. And then after Dynamite goes off the air, like Tony tweets the graphic for Jarrett, like he does for everybody else. He's like, well, here's our new head of live events. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, like that's a good hire. Like, honestly, because WWE had Jeff Jarrett in that position last year. And WWE's live events and revenue skyrocketed under Jeff. Hmm. Then they I mean, there's there's oh, yeah. no there's no doubt that he's got a ton of experience. It's just now now you're a real live wrestling company because Jeff Jarrett has showed up. As far <laughs> as far as a wrestling mind, like Jeff Jarrett is great to have. Like as far like when you look 
and experience and and all that. Like Jeff has literally seen and done it all. Hey, yeah. He is Jeff a true is carny. Really, Jeff he is, is really good to have back there. Yeah, TNA's early days. I think about those. But it was just funny how he debuts him on Dynamite. This is the badass heel that he's like, oh yeah, but he's like one of the main guys in my office too. <laughs> and it's like, all right, well, hold on here. You probably should have just hired him as the office for a little bit. And then if you want to put him on TV and have him wrestle, then do that. Like you didn't have to do it all in one shot. My my guess is this is a probably a one and done in ring for him. I and, hope so. And they just didn't want it to be a talking point when they announced the hire for the office gig. I hope and so, so. just do it, get it out of the way, and then let him, because yeah, you know. Hey, legit, they, when Jeff was in charge of WWE's live events last year, business went through the roof. Like, he was doing a really good job. And then I think what happened, I think what happened is when the Vince thing stuff happened, I think Triple H didn't want him there anymore. Oh, yeah, really? Probably, well, probably consolidating power. He doesn't want somebody who uh-huh. obviously has a oh, okay. yeah, oh, Machiavellian yeah, tendencies to be in the house. Like just just like anyone who takes over something. Like Vince didn't want someone, or Triple H didn't want someone. That if Triple H had this idea, and Jeff was like, "Well, what if we did this instead?" And I, I don't think I don't think Hunter wanted to deal with that. I think Hunter wanted it to be like, like "All right, this is my show. This is get him out of here." Makes sense. Okay. Start start cleaning house of of all of Vince's Vince's boys a little bit. Although, uh, what's this? Is Kevin Dunn still running cameras and shit? have they been able to? Uh, well, I, get, I've heard, get rid of I, his ass. I have heard about that firsthand. Like he, Kevin Dunn still has his job, but like he has been <laughs> humbled. He has been humbled. Oh, like to know it. Like he he has been told you can keep your job, but you don't mean shit anymore. You have no say. <laughs> You have not like do your job because like Kevin Dunn used to be able to get in Vince's ear and tell yeah. him and could, uh, Triple H was like, look, obviously my father-in-law has something on you or you have something on him. I was just saying, or he's got something on yeah, him. You more likely. On him. I'm not going to fire you, <laughs> but like the days of you telling us how to do stuff are over. Just do your job and go home. Interesting. Very Interesting. I, I would be very happy, but again, I, I don't have time to watch a whole lot of WWE. I will, I'll I'll tune in on the the old Peacock app on, on occasion for a pay per view here and there, but that's about it. Hopefully, I, I but I doubt it. I got so much work to do in this house. I, I'd love to be able to sit down and watch Full Gear, but I don't know if that's actually going to be able to happen. Well, I have yeah, I'm not going to lie. Kevin Kevin Dunn is the main reason why I pretty much well, aside from it was also very bad in many aspects. Yes, but like. It was. It would give me almost motion sickness the way he would get thirty-five camera cuts everywhere. off God. in twenty-four seconds somehow. Like it was insane. Yeah, and you just watch any other wrestling production, you're like, oh, the camera just stays still, and there's not this constant zoom in and out. There's not a hard cut everywhere. It's weird when you just kind of let the wrestling happen. You can see. Sh- I, I think that's what where, where Kevin Dunn was really getting bad and uh, and needed to be humbled to say the least because like he blew Edge's uh, surprise debut at the Royal Rumble. You didn't see his debut spear. Like WWE's yeah. having to grab somebody's fucking phone footage to get that moment out on the internet. Um, but guys, he, he just seemed to get worse and worse and worse as time went on. So I I couldn't. Yeah, I don't necessarily have the motion sickness, but it definitely was annoying to have the continued zoom in and out 
I don't need that craziness. It was it was too much. Yeah, I uh, I haven't gone back to watching it just because again the time commitment. But I, I will give Hunter credit for this. He brought back Kathy Kelly, which has gotten me much more Kathy Kelly Instagram content. And for there that, I appreciate you. Brought Emma back. That's another one. There's a. No there's, I didn't know that one. Yeah, I, yeah, I brought Emma this, back. Yeah, I saw it. Like again, I, I most of how I keep up with wrestling is on Twitter and Instagram, and then I've been able to see like enough cuts and highlights. Like that's how I saw Sami Zayn incredible uh, feeling Usi moment. That what, was because I watched funny. SmackDown, but because about a million people put that in my timeline, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was a very good I, bit. I'm Sammy just, seems like he's having a good time. Oh, Sammy Zayn is doing. You know what's funny about the Sami Zayn run? Did either of you guys? I know you said you're pressed for time. Have you been able to watch the his uh, interview with Stone Cold on Peacock? No, I have not. Oh no, Sami Zayn had a great comment that I thought was just f- fantastic. Did, both of you watched uh, WrestleMania, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. The Johnny Knoxville match was great, right? Yes. Eh. And it, it, well, I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, I, not not my personal cup of tea, but it was very well done for what it was. But, yes, and, and and I'll tell you what, the highest review, because I actually let my kids watch that, and they were in tears laughing so hard. And, like it, And that made the enjoyment skyrocket. It, was, it was great. That's a good point. And, and, like, Eddie, I get what you're saying, too. But Austin asked Sammy, because that was right at the beginning stages of when he was starting to toil with Roman and the bloodline. Like, right at the beginning. Like, he was... But Austin asked him, he goes, Now, you, though, have never been a world champion. He goes, Would you like a program with Roman? And Sammy goes, or, or Would you like a program with Roman, or do you like doing the stuff you're doing now? And Sammy goes, That match with Johnny Knoxville was so well received, right? Steven and Austin loved it. Austin was like he was fun and all. He's he goes, "You guys did so well and that was so great. I was laughing the whole time backstage. Like that was such a great match." And he told Sammy like, "I came up to you and told you like it was so fucking great." And Sammy goes, "Steve, would I like to have a program with Roman for the World Championship or be a world champion for 5 months or so?" He goes, "Sure." He goes, but would I like to have a match like that where people 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now are going to be talking about it? That's what I want more. And I was Makes like, sense. Huh. It, it, that, that's where it dawned on me. I was like, huh, he's got a point. Like Sammy was like, people are like, would they be talking about like if, if he, Sammy had a program with Roman, lost to him in a match at like Backlash or something like that? He goes, would people be talking about it? No. He goes, are, gonna, are people going to talk about that match years from now? Yeah, they are. Like yeah, that it, he gets it, and and yeah, they're building because you you know eventually. I mean, it's it's being set up for Sammy's going to be a fall guy, and and he's going to get booted from the bloodline, and then we get Ultimate Babyface Sammy once again. Like he's 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 I, got a good head about him, but he knows how to play those roles so well, and he will run with this like honorary ooze for as long as I he'll th- need to. I think that two things are going to happen at WrestleMania. Um, the first is going to be that Sammy and Kevin are going to beat the Usos for those tag titles. That would be awesome. And then Cody uh, Cody is going to beat Roman for that title, for the world title. As long as he's got a functioning body. Like, that was 
one of the grossest things I've ever seen. I'm glad I didn't watch that match because that would like I, I'm not I don't have too much of a stomach for like the ultra hardcore stuff. That's not necessarily my cup of tea, but I was so glad I didn't watch him wrestle with a torn peck and just a gigantic internal that, bleeding and bruising and everything. That was something else. Freaking, freaking nuts. Like there's I appreciate your toughness. And and definitely channeling dear old dad on that one of uh, the show's going to go on and I'm going to do this. But holy fuck, was that stupid? Holy, I, I did I did tune in for that. He he's a gamer, man. Got to give he him is. that. I'll tell. I, like, I got no doubt about we, that. I don't just, need you to prove your toughness. <laughs> we just praised AEW like to the high heavens, but like Cody Rhodes leaving was the best thing that could have happened. Yeah, for, I agree. Yeah. That was the first sign. That like this is like that. That's what it's supposed to be. Like that. That's there's supposed to be two mainstream companies, and then one like of the top tier guys leaves and goes to the other place. And Cody going back. Cody just fits better in WWE, and it was apparent from the jump. Like he just fits better. Well, and in, and in that his the end of his term at AEW, the booking had gotten. Oh, real it, bad like it, it was, was i think it was good for everybody it was uh, bad but eddie but at the same time like the with the way tony Khan books and the, like they could have flipped it oh for sure they could have they they and it could have worked like he wasn't flailing or anything but cody like the wrestlemania match with rollins was one thing but when he showed up on raw the the monday after i was like all right he just he fits better here like this this is where he belongs like this is this is the best fit for him. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's not just that. It's the family ties, and also, there was, I think he very much, or at least it, the impression I had is that the EVP Cody Rhodes and uh, Cody Rhodes, the wrestler superstar, wasn't going to fit together because he, I think one of the dumbest things he did was immediately wrote himself out of the title picture with his, if I lose this match, I could never challenge for a title again, which I, I my guess is, hey, I do this. Nobody can say I booked myself yeah, you know, to go over. But then by doing that, he pigeonholed himself. And they're like, hey, you're still really important. We still need to put you out there. And they could just never. I mean, look, he helped push Sammy Guevara a little bit with the, the TNT title, which was sure. which was nice. I mean, they had some great matches there, but he was like he, he kind of wrote himself into the mid card and then wanted to be paid like CM Punk. And that just didn't jive at all. It was, it was yeah. never going to work out like that. So, yeah, I think that worked out best for everybody. Well, and it also it showed that he can be at like that the top tier level, which he you know his first run in WWE obviously was never going to happen. So it's almost like uh, same thing kind of happened with Drew McIntyre. Leave for a couple years, get some a different experience, and and sort of make your name a different way, and come back and be seen as a much bigger deal. And even even more so than Drew, because like Cody had on like. Cody had the, like, look, I legit started your competition. Like, yeah. not only did I leave, but I was able to become so popular. Like, yeah, with the help of my friends, like Kenny and the Bucks. And, but still, it's like, I was able to be, become so popular that I became friends with another billionaire. And we started a company that became your competition. So, what do you think of me now? And that's why, like, it, it was just like... When he showed up at WrestleMania, when he came out to Wrestle Rollins, and he had the music and everything, 
And I was like, no, oh, yeah. Had, like, had someone, his own, he someone had his, told, He had the Cody Vader, too. Don't forget about that. He had the Cody <laughs> Vader had, as well. He was, he was everything. He was, he was his AEW character to a T. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had the Homelander outfit. Had the whole nine. And that's where someone, like, w- through these negotiations, because I honestly believe Vince McMahon did not watch AEW. He, I would not barely agree. I don't even know if he watched his own product. He barely fucking knew about AEW. Yeah, but someone agree. close to him, probably Bruce Pritchard, said, "Look, I Cody is a big deal. You have to give him whatever he wants. If it's music, this we have to give him whatever he wants to come back." And I'm sure Vince was like, "That Co- Cody." They're like, "Look, trust us. You have to give him whatever he wants." And the you'll hear walking the people, around as stardust. <laughs> you'll hear the people, and I'm sure when Cody walked out and Vince heard that pop. In Dallas, he went, okay, all right, now I get it. I get it. All right. And I think there's, while I doubt that he, I completely agree with you that he probably did not watch a single second of AEW, the ability to say fuck you to another super rich billionaire who had the audacity to step up to him. It's like, okay, cool. You want to keep taking my reject toys? I'm going to take one of your toys now. And he took one of the biggest ones. And But like a lot of people have asked me too. Like, do I think Cody returns to AEW? Yeah, I think he will one day. If if they're still around, he will. Because Cody's WWE contract was for four years, his current one. I think he'll be 40 when that expires. I, I think he'll, he'll if they're still around and thriving, he'll go back. Yeah, I, I can see him bouncing around. with, with yeah. And I can see a lot of people doing that, too, which makes it very fun that there's... It, it pushes everybody instead of it just being like the the alternative. I'm frustrated here, so I'm going to go to the other side now. It's like, hey, there's like two solid products and, and that and both that's, sides. That's so much better. And look at how much talent you have on both sides. Like, and and some that might be flailing a little bit. And it was the same thing with WWF and WCW in the '90s. If you sure. if if you're not working in one company, you might go to the other one and find something different. And yes. that's like that, Stun- like stunning Steve Austin one shit in WCW. Exactly. Like you, like th- that's what, and that's where it's different these days where there, there's this tribalism where it's like, no, you want the other company to die. It's like, no, 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 no. I want WWE to be good. And I want AEW to be good. And I want those guys to flip flop. Like I want to see a like Wardlow. I don't know what his contract is in AEW, but you know if he keeps going the way he's going, WWE's going to go to him and say, hey, buddy, how many zeros you want on this check? Oh, he's, he's, he's a big boy. He would have made a lot of money under Vince. Oh, he's a big boy, and he's... Ooh, I forget how old he is. He's young. Yeah, like he... he like 26, like, I think. Orlow was a guy who... Wasn't going to be hired oh, by wow. anyone at first. Yo, who recommended him was Britt Baker. When AEW oh, really? started and they signed Britt, Wardlow was working on the independence in, in uh, Ohio. And Britt went to Tony and said, I think you should take a look at this this kid. It, Wardlow's 34. Yeah, I just saw that. That's surprising. Damn, he's really young. And, and MJF is super young, too. That's somebody yeah, I can M- see. MJF is 26. MJF yeah, is 26. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. And, 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 and at some point, I could see him 
potentially making the move uh, at some point or another. I love the little bit uh, of the program he's got going right now. But, yeah, but uh, just a little insight. Not anytime soon. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I, I, he, I When I saw him show back up to AEW, I he figured he's extension. going to be there for a while. <laughs> saying, so, yeah. no, you're, you know what the interesting thing about Max is? Is that he... Did you guys see it like how he's in that uh, the Von Eric movie? No, yeah, I, I just saw he got announced for that. Okay, he's in the Von Eric movie. Oh, really? Wow. He's but at the bot like the, Ryan. This was a thing that uh, on Twitter it was like two three weeks ago. And he got cast in there. Now for a little bit of a backstory, when he when all of that stuff happened, when he left after Double or Nothing, when he got pissed and went, um. He had aspirations for Hollywood, too. Makes well, sense. He gets cast in this movie. At the bottom of the article, I, I pointed this out to a lot of people. I said, hey, did you see this? He's represented by CAA. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to so, have to fill me in. I feel dumb now. The biggest agency in Hollywood. So, like oh, the, no one, shit. the one that just dropped Kanye West. Like uh, all of his shit. Like CAA. Oh, it's like the top tier entertainment. Yeah. They signed back. CAA does not touch you or even look at you unless they think you're worth something. So at 26 years old, MJF is represented by CAA and already has a little movie gig. It's like the reverse of what we've seen in wrestling. <coughs> like Batista and The Rock have these great wrestling careers and then go to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Well, here's Max, who now hasn't really cemented that great wrestling career. Like, we know what Max can be. Right as he's taken off, he's like, yeah, but Hollywood wants me too. Th- this wow. is something we've never seen before. No wonder he had so much leverage on it. I don't blame him. That That's a <laughs> strong bargaining position. I stronger sure, than I knew he had. I'm yeah. sure Max told Tony, go ahead, don't pay me, but let me go to Hollywood. And then let WWE call me. You're going to regret yeah, I'll I'll do my non-compete starring in movies, and yeah, also like, you're right. going to realize how bad you f*** up. Because, again, like all the transitions we've seen from pro wrestling to Hollywood have been after these guys are completely established. Even Hogan. Yeah, oh, yeah. and it's, yeah, it's, but, it's completely, it's not only are you completely established, you're established after you've had multiple runs as the top guy but even, in the company. Like, but the biggest agency in Hollywood looking at Max and going, hey, you. Yeah, you. And then Max going, okay, but I really, really love professional wrestling. So let's just see what happens. Like, that kid literally has the world at his feet. And he is tell you what, very good what he does. Oh, yeah, he's so and, good. He's so fucking good. And I could see, you know, why an agency, because, like, the one of the things I did get to see, because once uh, he came back, I made sure to tune in for that Dynamite, because I'm like, I got to see what Max has to say. And what he cut on Regal, and then Regal God, firing, was... and then Regal firing back at him, and then just the whole drama of him coming out, and you know, basically, it's like I could cash this in, but fuck you, I'm going to do a pay per view thing. I mean, it's just amazing how he pulled all of that off, and just you know, holding the crowd in his head. Like even Jericho said, you're going to come back, you're going to be a babyface, and there's something mm-hmm. you can do to stop it. 
And it's almost like he's figured out how to do that, but still be his character as well from what I've seen so far. And I'm, I, that's why I really hope I can watch that match. Even if I don't get to watch it live, it's probably something I'll watch afterwards because that's going to be a freaking banger uh, for him basically to, to take it over. And then when he posted on Twitter, it's like there's been a dark cloud hanging over this company ready to end the bull and lead us into the future. <laughs> and Mox is just like, please let me go on vacation. <laughs> yeah, Mox is like, I just want to go away. <laughs> just give me a week off, please. Like, That's all I ask. I, I don't know if it, you, like, you guys watched Dynamite last night, but Mox in that promo, like I, he seemed like a guy in real life that was like, I just want to go home for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like he, I mean, he's been busting his ass pretty consistently. Uh, he he did a hell of a job carrying that company through quarantine. Yeah. I thought. Well, well here's the real question. question, and not only that, through the CM Punk thing too, because he came back yeah. out and and said in his promo, yeah, "I'm supposed to be vacation. on vacation." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. he was like, he was supposed to go away for like a legit, I think, eight to ten weeks, like Tony was giving him. Yeah, and Mox is like, "All right," and <laughs> but you know what? Sorry, CM Punk and. His- trainer like caused a huge fight backstage everybody's gone now the one <laughs> thing you, i like about, can you help us <laughs> the one thing i like about AEW though is the accountability is that after all of that happened like when i saw the first report that everyone was brought in by three guys mox danielson and jericho yeah like when those three stepped in and were like all right listen enough is enough because I'll admit, like, one thing I'll admit, I, I love the concept AEW. I love AEW now. The one thing I didn't like from day one was this whole, these guys are the EVPs. I said, right. no, no, that's a bad fucking idea. No. Yeah, because you can't, you're you're no. letting the fox guard the hen house, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I don't like this at all. And, uh, we, we just talked about how Cody couldn't make it yeah. coexist either. Didn't like it. I said, nah, that, that fucking sucks. Don't do that. But then you had Mox, Danielson, and Jericho step up and go, we're not EVPs, but we're leading this locker room. And if you don't want to be here, get the fuck out. But this is how we're going to do things. And all the reports from like Meltzer, PW Insider were like, the ta- that was the first time the talent really sat down and was like, hey, we're listening. Like they didn't want to listen to the Bucks or Kenny. Or, but like those three guys, they sat and went, Okay, all right. The adults are talking now. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I think that's exactly. I, I I am a noted Omega and Bucks Mark, but when it comes to like, no one's going to take those guys seriously. You you look at the Mox and Jericho and and Brian. They've done everything you could ever do. Like the height of professionalism. You know how that's going to go. Yeah, they they've done every they've done everything. They've been in just about every organization. They've you know had just this wide breadth of experience everywhere, uh, and you know even as as pissed off as you know Kenny and the Bucks were at Punk, you know Jericho going up and calling him a cancer, you know didn't cause a huge brawl and fight, whereas these guys coming to confront him did. I mean, so Chris Jericho has a lot of personal. I know people like to joke about where sure. his wife where his wife was on January sixth and shit like that. <laughs> For good fucking reason. <laughs> but a little, little concerning. <laughs> it is it is apparent that Chris Jericho loves that company and wants oh, yeah. that company to succeed. 
for sure. He loves that place and he loves the talent. And he, because look, especially with Triple H and shit, like Jericho could have easily said, I'm going to let this contract run. He was one of the first guys I used to peg as he'll go back to WWE in a heartbeat. And then a few weeks ago, it comes out that he signed that new deal. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, he with re- increased he, responsibilities. He at really loves this place. No, it's 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 going to be interesting to watch him uh, and, and really watch everybody, uh, you know, kind of get into the, the post-punk era. And and see how that all turns out. Uh, it's it's going to be and, something else because it, it's really weird. Like I I've kind of turned this weird corner on punk where it's like you know what? There's a lot of problems that surround you, and there's one common theme here, buddy. It's the the justified bit. Yeah. If you, if you meet an asshole in the morning, yeah, right. you met an asshole. If you meet if you meet assholes all day, guess what? You're the asshole. you're the it, it it may just be the case it, that was the weirdest fucking thing though to like i was like what what's he going on a ramp for colt cabana for and i remember it's like oh well yeah, like I'll six years later after. and yeah i was like well i guess somebody asked him a weird question and then when i saw the whole thing in context i'm like he just what he just uh, went off a he buddy and i were title what the yeah. fuck uh, uh, and like his boss was just you know, glowing effusively about how great he was and how much of a, a star he was and all this shit. Buddy and I were watching that live because we heard, we started seeing rumblings on Twitter that stuff was popping off. And so we were like, oh, let's see what's going on. And, you know, just this unhinged press conference. And then all the reports start coming in about the fucking fight backstage and Kenny Omega got bit by a dog or a steel or both. Like, just the best, the best thing that came out of that, though, this is where wrestling fans are another breed. I don't know if you saw Dynamite afterwards, but one person had the sign up that had the elite and had like bite marks cut out of the corner. Yeah, that was that was a very good bit. Uh, not as good of a bit. I have not understood the Thanos snap that they've been doing with the elite the last couple of weeks. I thought that was the reverse fucking... Thanos snap. Yeah. Well, now, now they're back, but it's just so goofy. Hey, they're they're full uh, of goofiness there. Yeah. Well, so here's going back a little bit. Here's a question mm-hmm. for you. We talked about how you know, okay, usually you have these guys have their long wrestling careers and then go to the movies. We've we've obviously had a couple people go from the movies to wrestling. Your your David Arquettes, your Freddie Prince Juniors. Is there a chance that Zac Efron gets the wrestling bug and we start seeing him in the mm-hmm. ring after this movie comes out? How good does he look? That would be the, hair, the haircut is incredible. Absolutely. Yeah, I was incredible. like, I saw pictures. I was like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> that that's. Are you sure that's Zach? That doesn't look like him. Uh, yeah, that that'd be very interesting. I, I'd be fine with uh, if we're going back to movies. Uh, Knoxville stepping back in the ring again. I would. I would very much love that. Even though I know Eddie wasn't your cup of tea. Uh, I, I love myself a good comedic wrestling match, and that was just That's what, a perfect amount of absurdity. Especially where it's like you you get a guy that because I was like I'm like oh this is gonna suck so much, and I was expecting nothing from it. I'm like oh poor Sammy, and then after the match happened, I said thought about it, I was like wait a second, this is a guy that's made his living out of getting his ass kicked over and over again. What a perfect person to put in the ring. It's like, okay, let's just do the craziest shit you can think of. And sure, I'll do it. I've done worse. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he fully committed so to the bit, as did Sammy, which yes. I think you have to have. And like like I said, 
Like, I, I get why people loved it. I thought it was very good at what it was. It's just not really my jam. Yeah. Well, speaking of my jam, I, I'm interested in, I, I'm pretty sure I know where Eddie stands. I'm not, I haven't seen, I, I don't know if we have a killer cross vibe on, on this person or not. <laughs> I had to bring it up at least once. Killer, Killer Cross has done two things good, ever. Scarlet. One, gotten Scarlet back on television more, because Jesus. And two, the match he had WrestleMania weekend where Minoru Suzuki just kicked his ass for ten minutes while calling him a bitch the entire time. <laughs> All right, so I got to no thoughts on Logan Paul. Awesome. It, it, it's funny to me how he and his brother have walked into two different genres and just been like, we're good at this. People get so fucking mad because they're good. Like yeah. Jake Paul is a good boxer. Yeah, here's it's the annoying. Thing. Here's the thing about he, Paul. Yeah. he beat Spider's ass. It made me very sad. Ah, <laughs> Paul Brothers guy. <laughs> Paul Brothers are they're not what people think they are. People think they put their heart and soul. Like when they decide they're going to do something, they work their ass off on it. I was against Jake Paul until, like, you guys know, like, I work closely with you know, uh, Brian Campbell, Luke Thomas. Mm-hmm. Like, I, they went to visit Jake. Uh, the last fight, two fights prior. The Woodley fight? I think, yeah, I think it was Woodley. And BC came back and he goes, this kid is working his balls off. Yeah. Like, this is not a stunt. This kid is working his ass off. And I said, really? He goes, no, he's like, this is legit. Like, this is his world. And I was like, huh. And that was where I kind of started to buy in. And then, like, being a boxing fan my whole life, it, I started to watch Jake, and I'm like, he is a good boxer. Like, just a good, like, holy shit. Like, for a guy who's only had five, six fights, whatever, he's fucking good. Yeah. And I no, see Logan didn't. wrestle, and I'm like, all right, look, this guy is, he's better than fucking 60% of this roster. What the? Is going on here? Yeah, it was. What it was the really fuck annoying. is I'm going like, on here? I was like, "Oh, here he comes! It's going to suck!" And then all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh damn it! He doesn't just he he looks the part like." And then I looks watched, really good. This this, I watched, this sucks. <laughs> I watched his SummerSlam his SummerSlam match back with the Miss because then the, because that was a good one to watch back because you're like, all right, if anyone could carry someone in a WWE match, it's the Miz. Sure. Let me see how much yes. work the Miz did. And I watched the match back. And I was like, no, Logan, no, he's he's pretty fucking good. He's pretty fucking good. Yeah, it was. I mean, that was the perfect hey. opponent, too, because not only, like you said, he's obviously like the most consistent, been around for forever, can carry anybody, but I think would appreciate somebody coming in from a very different uh, background than where most wrestlers come from and be like, you know, not try and show him up, try and do right by him. And then the Roman match. Okay, so I didn't watch that because I, I really Saudi blood money shit, but how how was that? All I saw from that was the splash onto the table while holding the selfie cam, which was pretty f***ing sick. I'll give him that. Okay, alright. There, there, that's, that's pretty, that's a good bit. That was My cool. only problem with him is them booking him as a face. Like, he has so much natural animosity. I think, like, both the Paul brothers, like, ah, oh, well, lean into well, that. yeah, but I'll, I'll defend. I'll defend them on this. He's had two singles matches. 
So they're kind of still just getting them acclimated. Once they get them acclimated more and find some consistency with them, then they'll probably turn them. And then you might see something different. Is he, is he going to be an actual, like, full roster guy? I know well, he signed he's, to a he's long-term signed. deal. Like, he has a contract. Yeah. He's signed. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought he was a, a spot-type deal. Well, no, no he, and, he, and, he signed. Yeah, so so basically, I think the timeline is he did his Mania match where Miz, like, it was always something that maybe was in the cards, and Miz turned on him, and they're like, okay, we'll do some more. And right before he, I think it was right before the Saudi match, Maybe is when they signed the contract, or was it before SummerSlam? No, before, before Miz, before the Miz match. Okay, mm, so yeah. so he he was even saying it's like, no, I I want to do this. You know, I'll well, make videos about Pokemon cards too, but I will I want to do this as as far as like he he was into it, and that I didn't understand like if that was in the cards, why you had Miz be the one to you know pull the heel move, but. I guess, yeah, it makes sense if you're getting him acclimated. It's just so awkward to see him come out and try to cut a promo as like, oh, yeah, I'm the baby face you want to cheer. Yeah. I'm like, nope, sure don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I would be totally into you if you came out like, I thought it was perfect that they paired him with The Miz as like a heelish tag team because it was perfect yeah. like, okay i like i can get into this and then when they wanted him face I'm like no nope, not so much like you got to be that guy walking out with that annoying charizard card around your <laughs> neck like you, you gotta ham that stuff up man and i think he could do it because he knows that and, and unlike boxing like you could take all that animosity that you know is, is carry that some people hold and you could play with that so fun well and he knows how to do it because one thing about social media is if you learn how to dive into the hellhole and make serious money off of it you know how to toy with people especially those that don't like you well and and to jake's credit with the boxing he knows that people are buying the fights to watch him get knocked out because everybody hates him yeah and it doesn't happen he just keeps winning all his fights but he plays it up. He like he's more than happy to do his normal amount of bullshit because he knows it pisses people off and they're gonna tune in. Uh, hopefully paid. I think I've watched all of his fights and have not given him a dime because I know how the internet works. Uh, <laughs> alle- allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. But like he's they they have a very keen mind for business and they know exactly what their strengths are and they play to them perfectly. Yeah, so it's okay now. Now, now I think we got to give Jack a, a killer cross platform here. Are, are, are we still doing that bit, Jack? He's awesome. <laughs> he is. He is on Twitter. He's awesome. Love cross. All right, so let, let's switch some gears here. Uh, let, let's talk a little college football because I, got, I know at, at this time Jack doesn't quite owe me the, or rather, owe extra life fifty dollars quite yet, yet for the Southern Cal thing. All right, but I, I really need to take your temperature on it. Okay, so they got they got UCLA and then they got Notre Dame. How are you honestly feeling right now about oh, I, the potential? I know for a, making, I know for a fact Notre Dame is going to fuck this up. Do you think you think they're getting by UCLA? Yep. I I am convinced that in the Pac-12's eternal struggle to never ever ever make the playoff, that UCLA is going to stop them because that's their last hope. I I think they're going to get by UCLA. And, and then Notre Dame ends them. They're going to lose the Notre Dame, and I'm going to lose. You know what? I'm this my, scenario. This, it's it's <laughs> set up to it, the gods set this up just perfectly. 
<laughs> I will say, I really hope that UCLA fucks them up because I don't want it to come down to us. Because right now, there is a very plausible scenario where Michigan, USC, and Brian Kelly all are in the playoff this year. And I just, I don't want that to happen. I don't want to watch that. Honestly, how, how do you guys feel about BK? Okay, so... Yeah, neither of you here, saw this coming, right? Because, come on, we we didn't see this coming. Oh, all right. So. I expected him to do exactly what he did at Notre Dame at LSU for the most part. You know, win yeah. nine, ten yeah, games a year, year didn't get he, stopped. Yeah, didn't he really do this year what he did at Notre Dame? Pretty much. All, well, the, I the don't know if he's ever... One. I don't know he if he's ever special teams away a win like he did against Florida State, which was, by the way, really f***ing hilarious, especially in hindsight with how Dude, good Notre Dame's You guys saw my tweet, the- right? When I was like, listen, it's a fact. Florida State beat the <laughs> SEC West Yep. Hey, as <laughs> as as a fan of the ACC de facto ACC champions, champions right? <laughs> I, I respected it. <laughs> we got both sides of that, motherfucker. Yep. Uh, but yeah, like I, the thing is, is that for BK, I was, you know, really pissed that he left and more so pissed that he was going to go to LSU because I was like, fuck this guy is, he, he's going to probably win. Now, did I expect him to win as much in year one as he has? No, only because LSU was in serious disarray, but BK cobbled a lot more together than I realized he did. And I thought, like, oh, the FSU thing, yeah, this you're already seeing the issues right now. And but then he goes out and takes out Nick Saban after not beating him. It's like, God, damn it, that, really? That really was like I I laughed like that was the first time in a while I legit like laughed out loud at the end of a college football game. Like I was cackling here while I was working <laughs> when they when they hit I that two-point conversion. I was laughing so hard because I'm thinking all those jokes like BK couldn't beat Saban and like and he he fucking walked in year one and just fucking beat him. Yeah. And what's crazy is like, you know, you had the Florida State game. They looked horrible. They're they're in complete disarray. Booty looks like he's filling out his papers to go into the transfer portal on the field. Tennessee, their recruiting is at like doors off them. Yeah, their recruiting's at like seventieth in the country. And then you fast forward to now, they put everything together. They're getting these great wins. They're starting to snipe some really good recruits, and their class is shooting up. Yeah. And it's like, man, I was having a lot more fun when it looked like they were going to be shitty. Right? Like, I, it's more just I like whatever. Fuck him. But I, y'all, y'all know my feelings on BK. I was never a huge fan of his when he was at Notre Dame so it was more the way that he left than the fact that he left right exactly and and the fact that and look you know college football petty the fact that you know he he shunned Notre Dame like our school on like the top tier historic program but look I mean it it was an odd fit like it's it's still an odd cultural fit but you know winning fixes all that very very fast you know and and will forever fix it well Uh, um like people's like we just talked about saban mm -hmm. people are talking about that stupid cultural fit shit saban is a northeast guy yeah that's true from ohio who went to alabama like that that cultural fit that was nonsense but i think it also had something to do with just like that accent with the guy who came before (laughs) him 
Like, so you go from Ed Orgeron. Who is as LSU as could be. And who, by the way, has to be angling for some kind of Notre Dame gig as much as he's fucking in South Bend these days. Like, what the hell? (laughs) I feel like he's just been on, because every week he's somewhere else. He has, he, the fact that he's made two Notre Dame trips is a little concerning. But like he is, he has clearly been on a tour, saying hi to his buddies, and be like, "Hey, you know, if you needed anybody, I'm not hey, doing hey, anything." I, I'm fine for recruiting specialists at Ogeron. That's that's about all speaking, I'll do there. Speaking of coaching jobs this year, like Brian Kelly has done a phenomenal coaching job. Sadly, but, yes. And the thing that sucks but, is like it, I, we've said it before. Yeah. You're going to be so bad. You're going to he's going to go and he's going to go to a place where he doesn't have the roadblocks and you're going to watch him win and you're going to be fucking pissed. Yeah, but listen, yeah. so is Marcus Freeman. He has. Yes. Now, the only downside is, yes, he's done a great job, but he a also lost to fucking Marshall and Stanford. Which, Are, what? Yeah. Fuck. Look. <laughs> hey, hey, who did Nick Saban lose to in 2007? ULM. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, look, I, Mark, I would much I'm rather. I'm all in on Marcus Freeman. I, I think he's the I, guy. I, I think am too. Everything worked out. I really think everything worked out. Brian Kelly, I think, better at LSU after all that. And then Marcus Freeman, I think, was perfect fit. I this is. I think it's perfect. He's done a great job this year. Yeah the the fact that he is able to get the guys to play above their heads against good competition and doesn't have to learn how to do that in year one is great. He'll yeah, figure out the huge. how to beat the shit out of shitty teams. You know, remember, it took BK, what, seven years to finally figure that out? Yeah. Because it wasn't very, until after 2016. And very unapologetic about it. If you remember, like, the loss to Tulsa, we'll get used to it. This is, yeah. this is the way I am. Yeah. You know, and where Marcus like, no, we're we're gonna like reevaluate and send it after Stanford too. We'll reevaluate everything. Clearly, we fucked up. Like we we, and, we, uh, we didn't do the right thing. So I I'm really could... interested to see how Boston College goes because that's a team that is down on their luck. They've been a little better these past couple of weeks. So I'm hoping that Senior Day, like, because one of the 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 theories is that oh he's they play better on the road because it's a little there's not all the ancillary stuff and Marcus doesn't know how to deal with it yet and maybe that's why you know they didn't do the mass and the player walk and blah 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 so it's like okay now you have all the pomp and circumstance you got fucking senior Saturday now so you have the mass you have senior Saturday and you got a crappy team if you can put it together after you just you know squeaked by Navy because hey that was a letdown spot of all letdown spots there I'm just happy to get away with the W at the end of that one now you come back you don't you don't have the the look ahead you know let down look ahead sandwich it's right there it's it's on the it's on the table if you can handle BC take care of business get your seniors on the field then I'm really gonna feel yeah he's got to figure it out because he's got the recruiting side down stone cold Pat he he you know is able to connect to Notre Dame in a way that makes a lot of old he- old heads really happy, which I think is is very smart on his part as he knows how to play that card. And I don't think he actually cares that much about it, if it's the right thing to say. Like, he understands what he's got to do, whereas BK's like, oh, no, fuck it. I, I, I hate all that shit. Can I get rid of it? Yeah, I'm going to get rid of it. Yeah, let's let's get rid of it. So he, he, he fits this perfect little, you know, mold. And the fact that he's like a person of color doing it makes me like all kinds of giddy and happy. 
And not only that, like he's running the ball down people's throats too, which is all people ever wanted with BK. <laughs> and the fact he did it against Clemson and blew the doors off of them. Oh man, we could we could ruin Clemson and SC's playoff hopes. Oh, that's a beautiful season. You know, yeah, there's frustration, but that's that's a pretty solid year one. Even the looking at it now, like yeah, you probably shouldn't lose a game that you paid somebody a million plus to come play. But I think their defense is up to 10th in the SP+. Like, the Marshall loss, especially coming off the Ohio State game, I can understand how that one happens. Yeah. The Stanford game is going to bother me for literally a decade the same way that the fucking Tulsa <laughs> game that you mentioned earlier did. Yeah. Like, that, that is such an inexplicable loss. But I, I have high hopes for the future, uh, and thankfully I think BC is so bad this year that even with the added pomp and circumstance, we should be fine. But, uh, you know, we, we were talking about different coaches in their first year, most of whom have had at least relatively successful. I feel like there's one that is not getting nearly enough traction for being a complete clusterfuck. Oklahoma, man. Venables oh, having a bad time, dude. <laughs> He's, he is probably wishing he had stayed as a DC right now. So, so who do you think has has more hate in their hearts? Because I know the answer for me. I'm interested to hear you. Notre Dame fans against Brian Kelly or Oklahoma fans against Lincoln Riley? Oh, Oklahoma. Yeah, that's that's my pick too. What do you think, Jack? Who who's got the bigger hatred? Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I think it's no doubt that that's a program. Yeah. That, I mean, they've been think about how long they've been like at the top of the Big Twelve. Or, or like near the top, like a down year for them is coming in, you know, second or third in in the big twelve. Yeah, a nine win year. Yeah, and and all of a sudden now you got Venables just like literally not showing up for a fucking press conference after you just get curb stomped by Texas. <laughs> I mean, well, that might have been the smartest thing he had done all year. Because what yeah. the fuck are you gonna say? <laughs> got my ass kicked. You know, the, like B, BK left and he tried to take several coaches with him and it didn't work. But like he didn't raid the cupboard on his way out. Oh, Lincoln, Lincoln took everybody. Yeah. Lincoln not only took coaches, he took as many players as he could get his and recruits as he could get his hands on. Like <laughs> the goddamn quarterback, man. How fucking yeah. cold is that? <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty rough. Sh- shout out to uh, Addison. He sure as hell made the right call getting out of pit, though. Oh, uh, an- another coach who is a fucking idiot that I feel like we should make fun of. Uh, Arduzzi having the most successful offensive year at that school in what? Never again. Since never it's... again are we going to have successful offense in this yeah. year's city. <laughs> and somebody, somebody on Twitter pulled up the quote from after the Wake Forest game last year when he was bitching about their OC not running the ball enough, even though they had a bad run defense in a game that they won 49 to 21. It's like how how hardwired is your brain that there's only one way to win if you can't just take the dub. Narduzzi hates uh, offense so much that he made sure he took the NFL team down with him too this season <laughs> with his <laughs> former player. <laughs> oh man! Well, but uh, if we want to talk about coaches that are a fucking tire fire, may I direct you to my other love down here in Texas, which is is becoming <laughs> a boiling pot of hatred. When I, I, I try to warn my Aggie friends, try to warn them. It's like, I've seen this movie with Jimbo. This is not going to end well. Uh, Lo and fucking behold, it did not take long at all. 
oh, the, the top recruiting class and blah, 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 blah. They're not going to make a fucking bowl game. Oh, it's nope. it's incredible. It it might be. I, I, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Jason Kirk from Shutdown Fullcast was talking about like the the actual most overrated teams of all time. Like a and this year's A and M team is in that conversation. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, mean, it's not, I I don't know if it's even close. Like Notre Dame. Yeah, we we've tripped over our own. D- but now, good lord, Jimbo is think, just. I don't think they should have been because, like, that recruiting class from February should not have factored into this year, but it, it amplified the expectations. Agreed. That already, like, a $85 million coach pulls in the number one recruiting, recruiting class of all time. Like yeah, th- like those expectations got f- now. Should they be this bad? No, no, they shouldn't oh, be. Lord, this no. bad. Like they, they, they should- they're incompetent right now. And all Jimbo Fisher has to do is hire an offensive coordinator. <laughs> well, well, he's got to let that offensive coordinator call the plays. Which good exactly. luck for that one. Because when again going back to recruiting, talent is obviously not the problem, and. Like when that's the case, then you have to look to the coaching, and that's where it gets tricky. There's, I mean, because talent is not the fucking issue here, right? How much of this is also an expectations problem? Because, and and Ryan, apologies to you and your folk, but I, while I do not love the Longhorns by any means, some of those biases did carry over from growing up here. Aggie fans are maybe the most diluted with their actual place in the college football world. Oh, there's no doubt. And haven't been an Aggie fan, you know, since I, I, I declared my allegiances. I could be neutral here for a while, but you eventually had to draw your battle lines. But yeah, ever, ever. And, and also at that point in time, you know, it was, you know, the biggest thing is, oh, at least let's take Texas out. We can right. do that. We, we can do that. Let's take Texas out and, and maybe sneak up in the Big 12 every now and then. But it was almost like when they... It was really weird. I noticed the the change, and not necessarily amongst my my friends that you know, because they're they're football fans, but they're not the the psycho kind that I'm about to reference here. It was like once they went to the SEC, instead of oh man, this might get a little bit harder. We got to play LSU and Alabama every year. This this might be a little bit rough. All of a sudden, it was like, well, of course we're in the SEC, and of course we're gonna we're gonna run now. Now, all of a sudden, we're going to be in the SEC, and we're going to Texas recruit our way to the top of the chain, and we're just going to run over everybody. And I I just was so confused by that whole line of thought. I was like, look, you know, you'll be competitive. You'll be a good football team, but you're not winning national titles as long as Saban's yeah. still fucking out there. And it is they, so They've weird. never fucking won. Like, no. I, I, I don't even think it was as much of a, a switch flip when they got to the SEC, because I remember growing up, they they have themselves as like in their minds as a top tier blue blood college football program yep. that they have literally never ever been. There, 
they're yeah because they're a tra- they're a very powerful traditional and the problem is when you have a lot of tradition seeped into you and this kind of hits the Notre Dame nerve but Notre Dame's actually you know got skins on the wall which is the big difference but there's a lot of similarities between Notre Dame and Texas A&M as far as the tradition and the value put on it and when you insulate yourself into that little bubble, yeah. your head gets inflated. And this is a thing Aggie and Notre Dame fans have in common is we have that section of the fan base that has their heads overinflated to your point to where they overthink their place in the college football world where they they're, they're putting themselves in the tier where it's like, yeah, you, you haven't quite reached that point yet because I mean the amount of money, they spent on Jimbo to come there to basically have a worse record than Kevin Sumlin. Literally. By that like six games right literally. now. It, yeah. It's that, is, that is one of my God, things my I will miss on Twitter is the running bit of somebody posting their <laughs> the Jimbo's record at yeah. A&M and Sumlin's record through that many games. Oh, Bar- Barrett does that. And I tell him all yeah. the time. Like, I, I, a few weeks ago, I told him, post a tweet. Do it now. Like, yeah, I think I think someone's up like six games right now. It's and here's incredible. the thing. Price, and, and Price Oil's good right now. It yeah. Price Oil's good right now. They might fire his ass. They you know might what? just say f*** it and no. sunk costs. No. They're and, not going, and I'm not going to lie. Going to this year. You don't think so? I, I no, want them to they, so bad. Going to. I don't know. You, you miss a bowl game at Texas A&M. With the way, again, those overinflated and deep pocket heads, there are going to be some people pushing for it. Here, They're having my, conversations. Exactly. Let's put it out. Here, here's, here's my Trust prediction. No, Somebody somewhere is, is has hired a few people to dig up some Jimbo dirt well, to maybe, do the old no, fire that, with the, cause. Like, or cause, yeah. <laughs> no, but as far as just, it's not going to happen this year. It's not going to uh-huh. happen this year. I, I, I cannot, like, I knew it would be bad. And... <laughs> And I, I was trying to warn. It's like, look, I had to. We had to play Florida State. You know, you, you may not have paid attention to that side of the map over there, but we had to play him every so often. And I watched what Jimbo took Florida State to the highest of highs. But you need to see where he took him after that point. Like all I know is, yeah, Jimbo owes a lot of money to Jameis Winston. Exactly, yep. he owes a lot of money. <laughs> To that kid. Sure. He protected and covered for his ass. But if it weren't for Jameis, he's got nothing. And and that's really what it is. Even Auburn, you know, another God, I'm associated with so many fan bases that have an overinflated projection of themselves in the college football world. Same with Auburn. We were having about CM Punk, where if you meet an asshole in the morning, you met an asshole. But if you keep meeting assholes all day, you're an asshole. God, I got an asshole. I'm (laughs) surrounded. It's baseballs in here. I'm surrounded by. (laughs) Eddie, <laughs> I mean, it, it's again like Cam Newton. That's when they hit their highest of highs. They you you sometimes in college football you stroll under the lucky star like Coach O at LSU. Except I think Coach O knew exactly what happened. He's like, yeah, yeah oh this yeah, is good. Let's yeah. call the touchdown plays. This is fun. <laughs> but man, it is it is bonkers how bad it is and. And the thing is, is how I know it's bad because I have a I, I follow some Aggie folks uh, like SBN and a few other Aggie fans and and a couple Tex Ags folks, which is that's that's a dangerous bit and a half doing that. Um, you're you're but, a you're a stone's throw from Hogville at that point. I, you're you're not very far away, but it is so interesting to see how 
the tables have turned on Jimbo, just like on a, and it wasn't even like gradual. It was just like, holy crap, this is ridiculous. Think about how the bad the season would be if in Jerry world, that field goal doesn't bounce off the tippy top of an upright and Arkansas wins that game. How bad a dire straits A&M would be in right now, even more so than they usually are now. Knowing BK and also knowing Jimbo and knowing how stupid college football is, everything is set up for A&M to beat LSU. Everything is set up for that to happen. <laughs> that I, I mean, I am full. I will, I will be doing weird army cult shit through that entire oh, game trying to push will, him to victory. There will be some money line sprinkle on that son of a bitch, <laughs> without a doubt, because it's just set up for that kind of weirdness to happen. It's like, sure. BK, this like this is the dumb one he drops. This is the really stupid one he drops. He already got blown out by a top team in Tennessee. Now here comes the dumb one. Yeah, and that, and Jimbo will right. pull, Jimbo will pull one out of his ass. And the thing that drives me nuts about him is he's got such a talent in a chain out there, and it's like eh, let's uh let's do like all kinds of weird shit to where we don't give that guy the ball. And and as Jack mentioned earlier, the talent's not the issue. No, and somehow the defense is just—I—I I don't even know, man. Did did they miss? Do they miss Elko that much? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, let me ask you something. What's Mike Elko's record right now? I honestly don't know. I couldn't. They're I, Duke's, Duke's having a hell of a year. Duke's, Duke's having a great three. year. I knew they were good, but I didn't know it was Duke that good. Seven, seven and three. Yeah. So man, yes, they missed Mike Elko. Is the answer to that question? He's been—he's doing a hell of a job there. Hey. Good on him. Look, there are certain programs in this country where you just look and you go, whoa. Like when Mike Elko walks into Duke and goes seven and three, you're like, well, all right, let's go. All right, so you're good at what you do, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the one season we got of him at Notre Dame, yeah, we, we knew he was, he was pretty solid there. Um, and, hey, speaking of, uh, you know, the Mike Elko tree, Clark Lee getting an SEC victory as well over at Vandy. Look at that. Good on you, Doors. Good on you. My, my, my former co-worker, Barton Simmons, is the general manager of Vanderbilt. I Right. Yep. Fucking lo- I get it's incredible. I get messages from him. After I, I, I miss I miss those days of the cover three pod. I, I yeah I miss them too because that might be the last time I actually listened to it. You know, C- CBS is great though, Jack. <laughs> here I I I like what y'all do. The problem is, as much as I don't like BK, I also don't uh, particularly like DKs either. Yep, Ooh. pretty much. <laughs> but it it is what, what about it is. BE? But, do you like BE? BE. Being the elite, oh, oh. Bud Elliott, yeah, yeah, Buds, Bud, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Buds, Buds, fine. I, Barrett's great. Obviously, love Tom. Your your best friend, clearly in the world. Uh, <laughs> Chip, Chip's great. You know, I especially since the podcast gives me oh. Chip and Tom with with our boy Robbie. Like, I feel like I get everything that I needed from it. From the that's picks, kind of, that's, that's kind. Of, that's kind of where I lay there is is listening to the podcast. So, so I'm cover three adjacent. So I don't know. I'm I'm cover two with a little bit of a crazy zone blitz on the side there. Viper, you know, just, to spice, just to spice things up a little bit. I'm I'm Al Golden blitzing both the safeties out there. I'll have one more beer, with you guys. Oh, I, then I gotta go. Sounds highly reasonable. Yeah, God, um, we're all old and washed, man. 
like, hey, this is this is this is right. almost you, two hours. You never you told about wrapping this up. Like last year when we had this, when we had this podcast. I didn't drink because we just had the baby. But I mean, that's two mistakes me. in one. You didn't tell me that when uh, when these kids turn like fifteen months old, they're f-ing psychotic. I, in my defense, pretty sure I told you. No, I, I viewed something to that. She's fifteen, but she's she's nuts. Dude, just just wait till they get even older. It gets like it's so funny when everybody's oh that's such a fun age bull. They're all bad ages. Like they they each come with their own scenes of horrors. I love both my kids to death, but that's, <laughs> see he's running away. He's not even going to hear this. He's he's, he's going to get it, he's going to get his beer that he obviously <laughs> needs because he was stupid and had a child. I. I no, there's there is no better form of birth control in the world than listening to your friends talk about their f- kids. Like, I, okay, so so you guys know all the work I'm doing at the house, right? Like, we're doing all this painting yeah. and everything else. So, my youngest, he's he's um he's four years old now, and we're 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 getting him about to get a, a take a bath and uh, or, or no go to bed. It was, it was after the bath. Uh, so I come up, I I hit. I just come back from the bathroom. We're going to put the kids to bed. And I'm hearing my wife yell at my youngest. I'm like, oh, God, what do you do now? I walk upstairs. We've been painting and everything else. And on the desk that's upstairs, there's these crayon marks all up and down the desk. Well, I just wanted to make it look pretty. (laughs) I hate you so much right now. That's more shit that we have to paint. Oh, oh, you know what we're doing? You've lost, you've lost all this crap, and you're gonna clean this tomorrow. But but how? And I'm thinking of oh. mine. It's called a fucking magic eraser. I'm like, don't worry, you're gonna you figure what, it out. <laughs> you, know, you know what my favorite part is, right? Here's my favorite part. Penelope is 15 months old, right? Won't walk. Now, when I say won't walk, I mean this girl does everything you could imagine. She eats great. She f- the puzzles, everything. Like genius, right? Gets up on the couch. <laughs> hey, right? this is a big milestone, Eddie. No, gets up on the furniture. Fucking trots along, right? Walk on her own. Fucking refuses. Drops down and starts crawling. Hey, look, my kid when he was trying to figure out how to walk, he just started rolling. <laughs> Brian, I am I am serious. Like I look at her and I go, What are you doing? And that won't be the last time you've said this. <laughs> will not, like, refuses to walk. Refuses. Like, we're, we're waiting, like, the parent thing. We're waiting those first steps. This fucking kid won't do it. Just won't fucking do it. <laughs> this is a preview of the teenage years. Oh, I know what you want. It won't happen. <laughs> because everyone's asking us, well, does she get up on the furniture? We're like, oh, yeah, she fucking, she'll do circles around Right, I'll take her. I'll hold her by the hands. I'll start walking. Oh, here's the best part. She'll walk with me. And I'm walking, I'm walking. Like, oh, we're doing good. I let her go. She it drops right take down. the training wheels off. And stops, <laughs> it starts fucking crawling. I'm like, what, what, the, what are you doing? Like I, I said, mean, don't have, worry. have you considered not having a dumb kid? Like, just have a smarter kid. Well, that's the thing. Like, she is smart because she knows. Uh, oh, the, pu- the puzzles, of course. What? No, no, no. She knows that she's faster if she crawls. She's like a fucking speed demon. Now walking, and she's all wow. Oh, that's, that's it. It's like this takes too damn long. But I'm she drops down yeah. and starts crawling. She's like a 
mad woman. That's I mean that's that's just efficiency. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's we're, the same we're, reason we're, my it's the same we're, reason my youngest won't poop. It's because it's like, look, I got shit to do. You should you should see a doctor about that. That oh, seems we, problematic. We have been close. Like he will go days that were like, no, really? today you're sitting here and we are just going to sit here. In the- Eddie, I cannot tell you how much time of my life, both my wonderful wife and I have sat in bathrooms, just staring at our kid, begging him to take a dump. Y'all, begging. Y'all's lives make me sad. <laughs> no, Wouldn't trade funny. it for anything, but there are some moments where you're like, what were we thinking? Look, I, I will say I have fixed the problem. It will not happen again. But beyond that, the funny part is is anytime now that the kids do something crazy and I know like this is my way of adding levity in the marriage. I, I will I will look up at my wonderful wife and I'll say, Remember you wanted to have four <laughs> Two is more than enough. And then when the pandemic hit, like there's there's a little bit of conversation. Maybe maybe we'll try for a third. And then it's like now we're we're snipping. We're we're, we're taking well, care of that business right now. So we, we, we want it too, but especially because I, I don't forget Allie has MS. Right. right. Like she did the one that she's not sure, which I I told her I said because well she has MS and we did the IVF. Now here's the thing. We have all these embryos frozen too. Like it turned out, like Allie's eggs were really, really fertile. We have all we have like fourteen embryos. Hold on, the the, the excitement! You can't, you can't you just say that, that on the internet. You got <laughs> you got to see these fuck guys. They're so is, the this is playing on a children's charity. Christ. How does my hospital still let me do this? Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> Proceed, Jack. Yeah, let's, I was let's waiting hear, for. Hear more about your wife's fertility. I was waiting for the moment where it would devolve, and we hit it right there with fertile eggs. God, hell anyway. of a hell of a podcast episode title for you. Anyway, a lot of them. A lot of them. Oh, good. That's that's good to know. <laughs> See, wasn't it wasn't it better last year when I wasn't drinking? Oh my no, god, no, no! This, this is so much better. This is great. <laughs> a lot better last year. Oh my god, that that's wonderful. Oh, that's that's but yeah, great. Anyway, we have uh, we have all those, but she did, she can't do number two. Hey, right, look, the eh, that was I, I think that's actually was the nail in the coffin was physically being able to handle it. Because holy crap, is and I knew it it wrecked, but you know, pregnancy wrecks a body. But when you can see it up close and personal, like as far as you know, the after after effects and how you know, it's, you know, it's freaking nuts, man. I mean, every time you, I don't know how Steph's mom had sex. Six, God, man, that's too many children. She's my wife is the youngest of six. Really. Yeah, and her the number five, um, you know, right next to her is they're they're Irish twins. I don't know how that shit got pulled off. I mean, just it's it's brutal when all that shit does to the body. So yeah, I don't blame Allie whatsoever doing a pregnancy with MS and then trying to stare down the barrel of a prospect of that happen again. It's like ah no, it and poor Steph. Like both times, you know, she had something 
weird happen. Like, you know, throughout the, you know, the yeah. pregnancy, the, the second time around with our youngest, she had the, the epidural was, I, I forgot what happened to it. Like the needle, like went maybe a millimeter the wrong way or something or centimeter, who knows metric system, but it gave her like uh, some kind of weird, like uh, blood clot in her spine. They gave her these awful headaches and they had to go like relieve it. Because she tried to walk around and just nothing was fucking working. And they said, well, sometimes the epidural does this. Hey, congratulations, you won the lottery. So, yeah, it's it's fucking it's something else. That so, yeah, all sounds it, terrible. Hey, it's it's just like home ownership, too. You, you think it's a great idea, and then you, you execute. I did both. So Yeah, I did have, did have water coming out of one of my AC vents like two weeks ago. Oh, that was okay. fun. No. Especially when both the AC guy and the plumber were like, yeah, no, we don't have a clue. Oh, like, that's... Cool. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> it's like, gonna... so, so who do we call to figure this one, this history out? Uh, right now, I'm just hoping it doesn't happen again. Like, oh I just God. bought this place a year ago. Come on, guys. Yeah, you bought like, a house and you didn't tell me? I might have told you. I don't know. I could have sworn he... Well, I know he told me. Because I was... Well, I Because I, I had had my old place on sale for, like, a year because I put it up right before COVID hit. And I think that was, we talked about that. I don't know. I guess I hadn't told you that I finally sold it. But yeah, I finally sold it and got a new place last year, like April. Congratulations. Thanks, bud. Look, like lots, of, lots of things happen all at once. <laughs> he asked you if you liked it, by the way. I think I talked over Oh, I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, you know, except for when water's randomly coming out of stuff. It's pretty good. Yeah, look, at least, at least he didn't take a week off of work to do various home projects but i oh, yeah, no, I actually mm. have a door back here by the time this stream or, or rather this audio debuts i will be streaming and there will be a legitimate door of my own my own crafting back behind me and i I, I, wait. I did enjoy the behind the scenes of you building the door it looks pretty cool yeah it was it was fun look i, I will tell you what with with enough if, if you have the budget and enough time to look at various YouTube videos, you can figure out how to do just about anything. Dude, I respect how much you do on your own. No, that's that's one thing. My, my wife and I make a really great team because we do enjoy doing stuff on our own. Even though like this, like we want really wanted to hire painters and then we, we got an idea of what the cost is going to be. It's like, so scaffolding rentals, why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I, I, I'm definitely, if I have the budget, then I can hire somebody much exactly. better at it to do it for me and not, because like, I, one, one thing about being a lawyer, you get very well in tuned as to how much your time is worth down oh, yeah. in, down to six minute increments. I'm like, yeah, no, I'll let, I'll let a professional handle that. Shit. <laughs> Here's see, the thing me, about professionals. I, I'm the, the guy, but my father, lifetime mechanic can fucking do anything since we bought this house i am not afraid to go dad listen <laughs> this isn't working got something here <laughs> and he comes right because he loves my wife so he kind of fr- he kind of frames it in his head like i'm doing this for ally there you there go. Hey, Pop, we'd love to make you dinner yeah. if you came by. And also, while you're here, can you take a and, look at this? And since, like, since P was born, like, his granddaughter is his life. So now, wow. yeah. everything is like for her. 
That's why I'm just like, Dad, listen. It'd be great if you could do this. Like, <laughs> play play that card me, all day, yeah. dude. You know, yeah. like, he's fucking down here in heartbeat. I'm like, okay, good. And then, and the best part is, when he's here doing that, he'll look around and see other shit and be like, all right, I'll do it. Hold on. While I'm here, let me do that. I'm like, <laughs> okay. See, now that's that's a good setup. Yeah. But but here's one thing about hiring the professionals. Here's here's one thing I have learned. You got to be careful about the professionals in the the painting and you know handyman work. You you they they are hired and they're like, oh, I'm going to do the job I was hired for because they also know how much your time is worth. But you don't notice things like, hey, I'm in all these like little crevices and stuff painting. I'm like, what the fuck? This seems to be caulked. There's, there is air leaking out of my house here in areas I have not been in since I've owned this house. Well, that's getting taken care of. We had our roof replaced because of a hailstorm. You know what also happens when they replace your roof? Lots of the drywall gets cracked in places you don't see and everything. So we've been patching up drywall, covering up nails and all that kind of stuff now that we have a scaffold. So there are, there are some things where, and you take a little bit more time as well, because look, if you get hired and you fuck something up, you got insurance that covers that, right? If you're working on your own house, you're like, oh, don't, don't fuck it up, don't fuck it up, don't fuck it up, don't fuck it up. That is fair. But there's there's also the the point of, Oh God, we just want to be done. Like when I told when I told uh, my wife we're, we're gonna record this, she just kind of gave a look at me. And then today's like I told her Monday or Tuesday, I forget time blends together. She was annoyed, and I was like, "I'm so tired. That sounds that's fine. I, I need to get a break." That's why I was cleaning up like paintbrushes and stuff. Apparently, she had texted me and I didn't get it and said, "Hey, bring all the stuff down from the scaffolding," and I didn't see it. I got in trouble right before I came on here. But excellent. Uh, yeah, and it, it's worth it at the end of the day. It's looking nice, and uh, I'm going to be very, very happy when it's done. Um, I'm going to be paying for this for a very long time. I have about a 1,000 pounds of shiplap behind me off screen here where you can't see. So I, I still got that to look forward to as well. That, uh, yeah, enjoy that, bud. Thank God I have a nail gun. <laughs> Great investment. That little air compressor. Great investment. Oh, shit. Well, gents, are we, are we finally running out of energy now? Because I'm yeah. about feeling the sleepy city me, too. Well, I'm, I'm just trying to think what else we haven't hit. Not much. I mean, the oh, we, the we, obvious, you know, for, for donating to charity and all that for the kids. Look, Jack's going to donate $50 by the time you actually hear this. Yeah. SC's playoff hopes will be dashed. And you will see a $50 donation from him instead of a $50 donation from me. Because I've already made enough donations by people causing me havoc in all of these <laughs> games throughout the entire year. And I, I, I'm very broke. I've spent a lot of money on this house right now. <laughs> so you're so for the marathon, you are playing through the season? I'm playing through the season. And during the, the bye week uh, witching hours where this will be playing... Uh, there will be a little bit of an interlude because uh, I timed it out and uh, playing through an entire season will not take 24 hours. So fair enough. There, there will, are you are you playing on AA or Heisman? I, I think it's going to be AA because I okay. have not played in a long time. I, I did a few tests and I think AA is going to be my level. Not only that, there's there's donations that hopefully will be coming through that will do fun things to the screen to distract me. Because every time I lose a game, we're, we're going by the Eddie. You will love this bit because this is this is the hail gambler bit right here. 
Mm-hmm. I'm using our spreads throughout the season. If I don't, because we we know good teams win, but great teams cover. Of course, I'm hold I'm holding myself to a level of greatness here, Eddie. I applaud. If I if I cover, then I I gotta instead of the death tax, I have a donation pool. If I cover, it goes to my page. If I do not cover, we roll that literally roll some dice and find if I lose and do not cover the spread, I roll the dice and will donate to somebody else's campaign per game. Oh, I don't cover. that's that's a cool idea. Yeah. Are you uh, are you gonna use Buck? or Are you gonna force yourself to Pine to stick with the realism? Uh, no, I will go whatever happens. So we will start with Buckner. If if he, he gets, gets hurt, hurt yeah. he gets hurt. I mean, we're we're gonna go. Di- we're gonna go the dynasty. I have a mod that should I make the playoffs, I can go through the playoffs. I have a nice little mod on my PC now that I can use. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I, uh, I won't have to do it in a, in another year, and we have like a real. NCAA game again. That'd be nice. Man, I'm like, admittedly, the state of Madden lately has not been great, but I'm I'm hopeful. And I just, I want that Dynasty mode back. Because oh, yeah. I, I, down, I downloaded the revamp mod, and the problem is half the time it's an all-black field. Like, it's just some weird bug. Yeah, it's like, like I need so what a- you do is you, you have to load the field once, and then when you load it again, it should work. Okay. I have okay. run into this with the Sims. So literally one of the things on my checklist that hopefully I've done by now <laughs> me, is I've loaded a game in every stadium Notre Dame plays in because I have I had this happen on the HLS Sims all the time. When uh, we went to an away game, the first time I loaded it up, it would be black because it hasn't rendered the field yet. It's really that- weird. That makes sense. Okay. That ooh, that sucks. Cause it also just like systems are way better and so it won't take ninety seconds Ages. to load a game. Right. It cause it, it definitely feels like a game that came out in twenty fourteen. All right, fellas. Yeah, no joke. I gotta bounce. I think yeah, I'd rather a good time to wrap it up. Guys, thank you so much for joining. Uh and Eddie, I'm glad things worked out to get you on. I know there's one other person missing. I, I'm gonna put it out there right now. Hopefully we will have him on as well. Uh, thank you, gents, for helping me out with the charitable cause. I love talking to you guys. It's great to, to hear you and, and to be able to do a little pseudo bi-week podcast once again. So, Jack, get some sleep. Hopefully your your child gets past uh, the, the walking phase. It'll happen, and then you'll be like, it was so much better when she just crawled. <laughs> <laughs> and Eddie, always good to talk to you again, sir. Again, remember, we're doing this all for charity. Go to GameInForAven.com. Throw in those charitable donations. We will get back past the bye week after this. But until then, y'all, have a good one.